Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Mary. We're two best friends who've known each other since we were five. Now we're 30, and we are thirsty for information. And hungry for knowledge. Join us every week as we explore two topics. Everything from organs to orgies, and so much more. Subscribe to our podcast to learn along with us. We promise we'll have a good time. Yeah, hi, Mary. Hey, Lauren. I'm not going to ask how you are because we decided not to do that anymore. Okay. Um, are you happy? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a, How is that a worse question? Are you happy inside? Today? Yeah. Okay, good. Are Thank you too. happy inside? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but also inside is a lot of sadness. And darkness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so everyone's aware. Yeah, I mean, it's just being a human, right? It's just, yeah, but it's always there. <laughs> having a great time so we're here at the at our conference the podcasting 24 hour podcasting conference retreat oh my god I, they won't let us sleep during it but boy are we gonna try i feel like when they don't let you sleep so much creativity comes out of it you know that's true genius really yeah, remember when we used to have sleepovers and you would scream steamroll and then hurl your body over mine and make me almost die a lot? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Just thinking about that. <laughs> Hope they yeah, don't make us it. do that here. That's a great game. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Sleeping bags were meant to be steamrolled. Oh my god. You have like a, a secret killer instinct in you. You would also try and like drown me in the pool while screaming, Baptize! You don't have to go that far. Okay. Because I think, you know, you're not a murderer until you choose to commit the murder. Thoughts like if you okay. had your way, <laughs> you might have. <laughs> Great. All right. So we're here today talking about... What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, I, um, I guess. Or I could go first. I don't know. How do you write um, it down? I am doing art heists. Oh, right. That's very interesting. Mm. Let's save that for last. Okay. Before I'm doing that. <laughs> bonsai trees. Bonsai. Can never make it work. But you can never. Maybe today I'll find out how to make one work. You can never make okay. one work. That's the conclusion. Okay. <laughs> and that's a wrap on bonsai. All right. So bonsai trees. What is it? Tiny tree. Very good. <laughs> Uh, it's a Japanese version of the original Chinese art penjing or penzai. The Japanese bonsai, it's a Japanese pronunciation of the word penzai, and it just only attempts to produce small trees that mimic the shape of real life big trees. <laughs> penjing or ponzai is like whole landscapes. Oh, wow. So this one is just a tree. Got it. Um, and so bonsai is just miniaturized container-grown trees adhering to Japanese tradition and principles. Great. They're outdoor trees. and kept inside. They weaken and die. And it takes about 10 to 15 years to grow one. So I don't think you're going to be doing it. What? But what if you buy one that's already a bonsai tree? Can you keep it alive? Good question. Unclear. <laughs> it needs a lot of stuff. So these bonsais became popular a little after 1800, uh, and then internationally, 
they became popular in the 1900s thanks to bonsai exhibitions. Whoa, fun. Yeah. Starting in the 80s, there has been a world bonsai convention, much like our podcast convention, every four years in a new city, like the Olympics. Whoa. Pretty cool. Are there specific people that just make bonsais? Mm-hmm. There are, like, famous bonsai artists. Oh. I tried looking up stories about them to see if there was anything cool, but they're just, like, quiet, nice people and nothing, like, really weird about them other than they tend to tr- tiny trees. Great. Okay. Um, so let us go over what it should look like, um, uh, displaying them, how you start and make them, and some, some fun styles. Hmm. Styles of bonsai. Okay, we'll start with the first thing that I said. What should it look like? <laughs> should be miniature. Small enough to be container grown. Great. It should have proportion among the elements. Ugh, it's like oh, yeah. feng shui. So it's gotta like, yeah, exactly. It's gotta have proportions that mimic those of a full-grown tree as closely as possible. They do want, you do want some asymmetry. You want to discourage like strict symmetry because then it looks not realistic. Right. And you don't want to have any trace of the artist. So like, you cannot see the designer's touch. If you remove a branch, like you gotta conceal the scar and like wait for it to heal or make it look like lightning struck it or something and like you've got to remove all the wires or concealed and not have any permanent marks of human touch on it. There are wires? You use wires to like mold it. Mold it. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then it must have poignancy. Uh, like wabi-sabi, which is like imperfection. Like a, oh, there yeah. can be imperfections and we embrace that. Um, great. So when you display the bonsai... You have to allow the viewer to see all the important features from the most advantageous position. So you have a specific front where it's supposed to look like, and then the back is kind of like, whatever. Uh Um, And then, you know, it's got to be placed at a height that allows you to imagine it as a full-size tree seen from a distance. Like when you come in from a plane, you're landing, and everything looks like a tiny little... No, you don't want to be too high above it. (sighs) You cannot... You do not want the viewer to be hovering above it, nor do you want it to be so high that you're looking up... At it from beneath the ground. It must be just at a distance. Oh, yeah. Um, noted bonsai writer Peter Adams <laughs> said that it must be shown as if in a gallery, at the right height in isolation, against a plain background devoid of all redundancies such as labors and vul- labels and vulgar little accessories. Um, no dildos back there. No dildos. Basically, you, you have like a plain wall, yeah. and then you show them with like a teeny tiny little plant in the foreground even smaller, and then a little scroll, a little scroll in the back that evokes seasonality. Whatever Sorry, season where did you're the displaying, scroll come from? You I just always have scroll. to have a scroll. You just gotta know. When you put it on display. Oh, you just okay. gotta scroll. I do have a scroll. Okay, well, it's, it should be small, too. Uh, I, gotta be I, do small. Have, I have a small scroll. Like this small? No, not like six inches. Okay, it's gotta be tall. like a, well, maybe it can be like a eight inches or a foot. I don't know. Okay, all right, all right. And it depends on how big the tree is. They come in different sizes. Blah blah blah. Wow, it's just like a miniature setting. Yes, all around. and like you gotta like choose like the pot shape, color inside. Like it all has to complement the tree. Um, Can you dress up like insects as animals? That no, you're. It's around... just supposed to be the tree. <sighs> just the tree. It's Can you just a tree. Put a tiny person with nope. their tiny shoes next to nope. the tree. Nope. Okay. Nope. You cannot. There's a lot of rules. I don't like fun. this. <laughs> okay. This is something I wrote down that's random, just called Old Ass Tree. 
A pine tree known as Sandai Shogun no Matsu is 500 years old and has been trained as a bonsai since the year 1610. Whoa. Right? It's a national treasure of Japan. They had to go through many hands, many bonsai artists. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do you make a bonsai? Yes. How? You need some source material. So you need like a cutting, a seedling, or already a small tree. Um, You don't want to start from seed because it takes too long and it's too hard and you want to do something that's already... You just shape something already created. You got to prune the trunk, branches, and the roots of the candidate tree. You wire the branches and trunks to create the desired form and making detailed branch placements and then guiding it. You graft new material onto the tree. Whoa. Um, You can do defoliation where you pluck off all the leaves and stuff and then they do this often before exhibitions and then the next cycle, everything is really small. But then the one after that, they go back to like slightly bigger. Mm. Um, Watering it is a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> roots are close to the top of the soil. So you got to water it frequently and like monitor it and all this shit. You got to regulate temperatures and you probably need a greenhouse and shit. Um, you got to regulate the sunlight, you know, so that's when like the sunlight comes into it. In the winter, generally your trees are dormant. Uh, so you can bring your tree inside then. Uh, but then you got to mimic all these conditions that would be happening outside. And if it gets too warm or if the tree doesn't get enough <laughs> just light. just blow on it all it day. Just, like, it'll it's just a windy wake up day. and die. <laughs> Yeah, basically. I'm going to go to a bonsai convention and just pull a branch and stick it in some soil and, like, tape leaves onto it. <laughs> okay, kick it out. Uh, okay, so the species, I don't understand that yet. You just pick between tree. Any, tree. any tree. Wow. Yep. That's all I have on bonsai. It sounds like it's a huge pain in the ass, and yeah. I don't have enough patience for that shit. No way. I hardly remember to water the plants I do have. Right? Yeah. It sounds like it'd be a really cool hobby, but, like, I just don't have it in me. Ugh. I love the idea, though. It's like art. Yeah, it really is. Um, and, like, if you look them up, some of them are really bad. And some of them are, like, you're like, wow. Now you have an eye wow. for bonsai. I have an eye for bonsai. A lot of good that's going to do me. <laughs> At the conventions, you can just walk around, like. I'd be like, mm. Remove it. <laughs> Remove it from, from my, my sight. This one doesn't look weathered enough. Trash it. <laughs> Someone's like, I've been 15 years on that. You're like, trash it. It's insulting. I like also, they always call them like training the tree. Like you're training it Come to on. be a little bonsai <laughs> instead of a big boy. All right, that's bonsai. See you soon. See you soon after our little break. We're back. Time to discuss art heists. If you stole a bonsai, it would be an art heist, technically, maybe. We're both talking about art today. Wow, that's so cool. How did that happen? Okay, so are you going to talk about like a specific art heist? So I'm there have talk... been a lot. Yeah, there have been a lot. I'm going to talk about heists in general, just mm. some facts about them, examples that I like personally. Mm-hmm. And then, you probably already know, don't give it away, the ultimate art heist. Um, so art theft slash art napping. No, it's not just falling asleep at a museum. (laughs) 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 This is when art is stolen for ransom. That's usually what it's for. 
But some of them you can't steal because too famous, and then you can't sell them. Can't sell it. So that's the big problem with art mapping because it's like, okay, um, we know this is like a Matisse, and we don't want to be responsible for it, so we're not even going to buy it from you, you idiot. Right. Or like when they stole the Mona Lisa. It was like, you dumbass. Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. Um, Only 5 to 10% of stolen art is recovered. Damn, we got to steal some art. (laughs) It's also pretty easy to do. Because oh my god, why aren't we doing this? I know. Many places have t- don't have tight security. I have so much room on my walls. Yeah. These are, I know, I just want them for myself. They are worth lots of money though, and they're usually very light. You just oh pick up Oh my god, we gotta get wall, some. Right? I want a big one though, so that's gonna be harder. Oh yeah, it'll be hard. The big frame. Mm. Like Alright, I'll start small, I sculpture. guess. Sculpture. <laughs> sculpture. Um, there's an entire industry based around um, cultural property protection. So the Smithsonian sponsors the National Conference on Cultural Property Protection, okay, um, which is for professionals in that field, which is it's a whole thing. So they're like, how to stop art thieves? Yeah, because some people don't really um, number one, know, don't be it. art napping, don't, don't be napping at your museum post. <laughs> so many, so many purposes. Okay, <laughs> some colleges offer courses and certifications on art theft. NYU. NYU. (laughs) Oh my god, why didn't I do that? Um, I'd be just as unprepared for the real world as I am now. I know. There are a few, um, like, investigative teams dedicated to recovering stolen art. We have Interpol has their own. Oh, wow. FBI has an art crime team. Oh my god, this is perfect (laughs) for me. I can be FBI without, like, really doing anything. I know. Um, London's uh, police, Metropolitan, Metropolitan Police Art and Antiques Unit. Oh, I don't want to deal with antiques. Those are too boring for me. And New York Police Department has a special fraud squad. Fraud squad! <laughs> so, yeah, they're all recovering um, stolen art. Okay. All right. So heists, I personally liked. Mm-hmm. Mona Lisa. Obviously. It's a huge one. Also, it incorporates Leonardo da Vinci, which thus incorporates the da Vinci code. Right, right, right. <laughs> And if it doesn't bring us back to Bob Langdon, what is it even about? What is this? What is this podcast? Tom Hanks is the god. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Things are taking a turn here. (laughs) So, didn't know this. Mm. No one really cared about the Mona Lisa until it was stolen. Really? It was not famous. Oh, man. Few cared about the painting. Mm. Just a fact. Um, It's quite small. It was missing from the Louvre. And it was gone for about two years before they figured out that an Italian I was going to say before they figured out that it was missing. <laughs> they, before they found out that Vincenzo Perugia, mm-hmm. an Italian handyman, and two BFFs, um, they spent the night in a closet at the Louvre, and then they ran away with the, with the work and then went back to Italy with it. Uh, so it was stashed away... In oh he actually didn't go to Italy scratch that he never went mind to we're his, done then. his Paris apartment <laughs> oh we're back in yeah <laughs> so he had it under the floorboards of his Paris apartment and tried to how sell many people it? have loose floorboards that this is really a I thing I don't know apparently you need like, them I don't have any and if you did it would like drop down to the apartment under you right it's very confusing <laughs> so he tried to sell the work didn't work because people are like. This is too, there's too much intrigue around it. The news was like, mm. oh my God, where's the Mona Lisa? Social media was blowing up in 1911. <laughs> um, he tried again. 
Um, and the last time he tried, it was to a dealer from Florence who just gave him up. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but his belief was that he was, like, repatriating the... the oh, word, bringing the, it back to Italy. Yeah. yeah. A lot of art thieves do that. They're yeah. like, it's from a culture. And you're like... Mm, they... It's like, but he stole it. That's not, not a good move. You're like, they let it be in Paris. Relax. <laughs> um, he only ended up spending seven months in jail. Wow, pretty good. No one cares that much. <laughs> okay. Do you remember the Museum of Archaeology in Mexico City? Oh, God. Is no. that the one we went to? No. We were like, we're not going to that one. We went to the Museum of Anthropology. Oh, yeah. That's what it, it's called. The Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology. Oh, okay. Then we did go there. Because I saw a picture and I was like, we've been there. Yeah, it was fucking massive. It was huge and boring. Yeah. Pretty so, boring. in 1985, two college dropouts stole 124 artifacts. Why? They're not even good. <laughs> one was a priceless jade death mask. Oh, that sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was crazy because they're like these super amateurs. They canvassed... What year was this again? Sorry. 85. Okay. They canvassed the museum more than 50 times. Oh my God. They ended this up... is free. I know. They crawled through it. An... Mm-hmm. They crawled through an air conditioning duct a few times. Whoa. Didn't know out. anybody actually did that? Yeah. How'd they get into it in the first place? I don't know. They're crafty. Okay. I like this. <laughs> um, and they found out that the artifacts were nearly traded for cocaine. That was the whole point for them. Oh, wow. Guys, there's way better ways to get cocaine. I know. Way easier. That was so intense. That's so stupid. Um, did you know that there are four versions of the Scream? Um, I think I did, actually. I had no idea. There are four. They're all unique. Um, mm-hmm. Same artists and everything. They're just about 20 years apart. All of them. Um, so the Scream, two of them have been stolen. Mm. Um, once in the 90s, and where the thieves broke into the National Museum in Oslo um, during the Winter Olympics. So mm. it was like, uh, it was like in the news a ton because it was like, what? They're stealing art and there's an Olympics? <laughs> Um, so they... That's two things happening in Norway. <laughs> Usually nothing happens in Norway. Um, and they left us a note, a sassy note Oh behind. my god, did they really? <laughs> it says, thousand thanks for the bad security. Oh, that's so condescending rude. exclamation point. Why would they leave behind anything that could I... be used to trace them? Fucking idiots. Dumb. They, um... The ransom was one million, but the government was like, "Yeah, that's disingenuous." And then also, like, once they pay them and get it, they're just gonna haul their asses to jail and take the money back. What right. did they think would happen? I don't know. So they ended up, um, they were convicted, and <laughs> right. the, the scream was found in a hotel. <laughs> okay, yeah. The second scream, not the most clever. I know. The second scream happened in in uh, just during the day in a museum where it was Whoa. super busy. Um, the thieves held guards at gunpoint. Okay. That's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to be a little more subtle about it. I know. It's unbelievable. This was in 2004. So scream. Have some tact. Have some, have some pride in your, in your theft. Yeah. And that's why, that's another thing. Like art heists are usually not violent. Right. So you don't like prioritize them that much because it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, no one died. And like, you didn't, yeah, like you stole a thing. Right. Um, Okay, greatest of all time. 
Mm. I was wondering why I wrote goat for a second. Oh. <laughs> Someone stole the goat. <laughs> the magical goat. <laughs> it was magical. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, in the early morning, mm. the day after St. Patty's Day in Boston. Oh, yeah. The Isabella Stewart Garden Museum. Um, Which my mom always wanted me to go to, and I was like, no, I do not want to go to that. That looks so boring. And I feel the same way today, so suck it, Mom. I went two times, the second time, because I really liked it. Oh, damn it. Is it good? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, So what's exciting about this is that the works of art, this happened in... Uh, 1990. Okay. Okay, so I wasn't even born yet. Neither were you. It was March 18th. So it happened in 1990, and the art is still not recovered, and the art is about $500 million. That's the value. That's why it's the greatest of all time. So how did it happen? Right. Well, unfortunately, it's the most boring of all time. No one, they probably were able to make all $5 million because no one knew what they were $500 million. Okay, well, that's... I wish I was in on this. Two men dress up as police officers. Oh, see this... These are the smarts. Mm-hmm. These are the smarts I love. The look guards for. were like, yeah, you can come through the employee entrance. Idiots. The guards were tied up and they roamed around the, the Wait, they tied up the guards? Yeah. Awesome. The thieves took eighty one minutes roaming around, stealing whatever they wanted. Wow, that's a long time. Um, were there only two guards? I'm confused. Yeah, there's not that's the thing about these museums. Wow. Um Well at the Met there's like nine well, I guess that's also like a very high profile also, museum. Yeah, true. So they probably have a lot better security now, but um, the thieves walked away with, you know, Vermeer paintings. I'm not going to mention them. I don't mm-hmm. know them by heart. Rembrandt's, Manet's, yeah. um, and there's just a lot how of. How are like, they taking these? Are they all? Do they? Are they all very small and fit in their hands? Or like, no, are they, they just aren't. going in and out and in and out? They they aren't. I think they're probably going in and out. Maybe they didn't take the frames of some of them. Um, you can see the empty frames of some of them on the walls if you walk through the museum. Oh, wow. So it's just pretty like, crazy. Yeah, they, and they still, there's a landing page that says they're offering $10 million for any information about... Damn, we the, gotta get the, information about it. <laughs> that's the way we make our money. Um, but this is the largest property theft in the world. Wow, that's pretty nuts. Well, besides what the Nazis did. Well, right. <laughs> which is something a little bit different. We know that the Nazis looted about 20% of Europe's art heritage mm-hmm. owned by museums, Jews within occupied cities. Hitler, his plan was to have a giant collection for the Fuhrer Museum, which never came to fruition. Right. Um, and then I thought this was interesting. In 2011, 1,500 art masterpieces uh, were confiscated from a private home in Munich. Hmm. Um, they didn't make that public till 2013, and the value was about a billion dollars. Damn! The discovery was called astounding. Included work by Picasso, Matisse, Chagall, Klee, Beckman, and um, they all were previously considered lost. Wow. Um, so that's pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. And then, little did we know, we were all in lockdown in 2020. Oh my goodness! But in there the Netherlands. Art heist? There was a little art heist. Oh my god, love. And it was What a, good timing. I know. It was a priceless Van early Van Gogh painting. Mm. Um and yeah, it took place against the backdrop of a pandemic. Um, so no one was really paying attention. Right. And it still has not been found. 
Oh, he got... It was removed by a robber who broke into the museum using a sledgehammer. <laughs> okay, so maybe they're not all, like, very good. <laughs> all the fan goes. Or, oh, the, the art No, the thieves. art thieves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like, I'm going in to take this art. It's not like just the level of the... creativity I would expect from 2020 lockdown anyone. I know. I mean, have you seen Especially. Ocean's 11 and 12 right, come and on. 13 and Well, I guess if you don't need that, if you could, if it can work with a sledgehammer and you don't get caught, I mean, why not? I mean, that's the hilarious part of all this is like, now we're going to watch these movies and be like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> you could just walk in and take them. Yeah, like the security guard is asleep. Yes. <laughs> walk in. Um, cool so that's stuff. Art Heights, a uh, little known world of Art Heights, Lauren. Mm, I love it. Um, but yeah, another another great criminal scheme we can get involved in if you want. Yeah, yeah. No, in this podcast, we have like uncovered a lot of schemes we could be a part of. Very I say we wait till we uncover all possible schemes mm. and then, you know, maybe review. make a list, review, see what we'd be good at, see what fits. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Because we'll definitely get involved in at least some of them. If not, you know, we can also get involved in, like, reverse scheme. Like you said, you know, we find the culprits. Right. We get $10 million that way. It's not criminal. Right. But it's still bringing in the big bucks. I wish I knew the thieves that stole from if, the, Okay, if the you museum. were the thief and you turned yourself in, mm-hmm. would you still get $10 million? Ooh. Probably not. But Probably. you should. Mm. Because You'd also that's go to jail. the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably wouldn't. They'd be like, can we just have the paintings back? They'd be like, we sold them. They'd be like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> damn. Now we just gave you ten more million dollars. <laughs> but only five to ten percent of stolen art is recovered, so we might not ever see them again. That's fine. I never wanted to see them to begin with, if you can recall. Yeah, I know. Even okay. though, I guess by that point, they were already stolen. They're already stolen, Lauren, and there's a really cool car- courtyard in there. That museum. That's what everybody says, but like I've, seen, I mean, how cool can a courtyard be? You know, <laughs> really. I'm really thinking about that. Like, were you like, wow, this is stunning, or were you just like, oh, cool? Um, it was more of a breath of fresh air in a museum. Like, ooh, yeah. wow, nice to have that in a museum. Okay, that's not really good enough for me. Okay. Okay. Hard to impress. Yeah, I have high standards. Well, you can check out my. Um, personal Picasso collection in my home if you want. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I definitely think you're more of a Pollock. <laughs> you were going to pretend to have any myself. of them. You could just... <laughs> have a Pollock? I think that's more along your um, your capability level. Thank you. <laughs> Alright. All right. That's Art Heist. Mm-hmm. Alright, so let's tell everybody to Fuck have off. a... Oh. Good night. And leave us alone. Thanks so much for listening. Listen to Learning with Lauren and Mary wherever you listen to podcasts. If there's a topic you're interested in learning about, email us at learning at laurenandmary.com. Or find us on Instagram at learning with Lauren and Mary.